Come be a part of the Tea Party with your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. Hear the voices of liberty speaking all across America. Doc Holliday provides thought-provoking interviews and commentary about the issues and actions that are afflicting this country and what we need to do to get America back on track. Get fired up. Get inspired. Get on board Doc Holliday's Tea Party right now. It's only a click away. Hey, welcome to Doc Holliday's Tea Party. I'm your host, Ed Holliday. You're listening to us on webtalkradio.net. That's webtalkradio.net, and it's so good to have you. I know some of you are listening to Doc Holliday's Tea Party for the first time because I met you down in Tampa, Florida for the first ever Tea Party debate with CNN and the Tea Party Express. So glad to have all you new listeners on board. Tell your friends and link to us as this is a growing show all over the country. Doc Holliday's Tea Party, and we have got it packed in today. For this week, we have so much to talk about. Everything from Obama's jobs bill to uh, the the special election in New York and Nevada going to the conservatives. All right, how about that? And this week, we have none other than the former congressman, Bob Beaupre from Colorado. He's going to be talking to us. We got him on it. We'll be getting him on the phone in just a few minutes now. What else we got? I've got to tell you about what happened at the debate. Doc Holliday was right there, front row, right smack in the middle, front line and center, listening to the debate. So I'll give you my first impressions, and we will get to that in just a few minutes. And let me just tell you this, the Doc Holliday's Tombstone of the Week Award will be going out again this week. But I will tell you, the Rock of Liberty speech we're going to hold it off this week because we've got so much information to get to you. So hang on to your motorcycles. Right, and we could listen to that all day long because I'm telling you, I'm looking for some adventure. The Tea Party is. We're making history. We had the first ever CNN Tea Party Express debate. We had Americans asking questions, and we had some real, real debate going on on that stage on Monday night, September 12th in Tampa, Florida. And some of you are listening to Doc Holliday's Tea Party for the first time because that's where you heard about Doc Holliday's Tea Party. So we're glad to have you here. And I'll be telling you my thoughts on the debate in just a few moments. But first, we have got to get to none other than Obama's jobs bill. What, what, what kind of new bills he pushing? I think it's the same old, same old. And he kept everybody guessing, well, how's he going to pay for it? Well, he's told us now. He's told us it's the same old scheme. The only thing's different, he could never get this scheme through. Even the Democrat House of Representatives, even the Democrat Senate, he couldn't get it through. And now he's bringing up the same way to pay for it, hitting the small business people squarely on the head, trying to take away tax deductions for itemized deductions. And, I mean, it will do nothing but hurt the already hurting nonprofit groups that are trying to raise money. It'll hurt small businesses. That's who will be the bulk of what will be laid on uh, trying to pay for this uh, jobs bill. And it's one thing for sure, President Obama is asking for bipartisanship to support his jobs bill. 
Well, he's getting bipartisanship, but it's not for support. Senator from Louisiana, uh, Miss Landrow, Democrat, said she cannot get behind all his jobs bill. And Senator Webb from Virginia, one of uh, President Obama's wonderful uh, uh, Democrats that he loved in Virginia, says, no, we can't pay for it this way, President Obama. So bipartisanship is stacking up against the president's bill, even as he goes to college campuses. And I don't know if you heard him last week when uh, he went to somewhere, I believe, in North Carolina college campus, and one student yelled out, uh, say, we love you, President Obama. And he said, I love you back. And then he said, if you really love me, you'll help me pass this jobs bill. Oh, my goodness. What's President Obama stooping to? If you love me, you'll help me pass my bill. Well, I've got news for all the students in college. Those in high school are turning 18 will be voting in 2012. If you really love President Obama, make sure he gets out of the White House if you love a job because he has done nothing for jobs. It is getting dismal. I told you right here on Doc Holliday's Tea Party not long ago, two or three weeks ago, this is the 21st century Great Depression. And none other than former Speaker of the House Newt Gingrich on September the 12th during the debate, the Republican debate for president, he, he called it the Obama Depression. He knows a depression, and it is. We are in a depression. I called it the 21st century Great Depression. Maybe it's easier just to call it the Obama Depression. But we are in a depression, folks. And the only way to get out of this is to make sure all the things that this far left-wing government has been doing, we've got to turn it around, and that's why you're listening. That's why I'm on the air, because we are working together. You and me and other Tea Party people across the country, we're making things happen. First, let me tell you what happened last week. It was in New York, in Anthony Weiner's seat. The former seat of Anthony Weiner has been in congressional Democrats' hands for over 90 years. It was back in prohibition since the last time a Republican held that seat. And everybody thought, well, we'll just get us another liberal. Guess what? There you, we got us a conservative Republican. And one of the reasons why, you won't, you'll hear everything from the media, but you won't hear this. You're going to hear this on Doc Holliday's Tea Party. Let me tell you something that went on. We don't know what the margin of victory was. I mean, we know it was about 8%, and a lot of people came out. But some of the constituents that the Democrats always depend on, guess what happened? I'll, t I'll tell you what happened that you won't hear anywhere else. But uh, the, the National Organization for Marriage came in, and we talked about this a couple months ago about gay marriage in New York, and does it make a difference? Well, it made a difference in this election because uh, the, the state senator, Weprin, was one of the pushers of same-sex marriage in New York. And what happened is he always depended on the Orthodox Jewish votes, always went to the Democrats, and the Hispanic votes, always went to the Democrats, it seemed like. But guess what happened? A funny thing happened on the way to the ballot box, on the way to voting, because there was a rabbi, Zachariah Wallerstein, and Senator Ruben Diaz, that's a state senator, Ruben Diaz, for the Hispanics that got on uh, some automated phone calls and called thousands of ha households in that district and reminded them that Weprin, uh, who was running for, as the Democrat, 
had supported same-sex marriage in the state senate, and he was one of the ones that brought this on the state of New York. And guess what? He did not win. It was the conservative novice uh, Turner who, who pledged to be pro-family and pledged to be conservative. He won the election in a heavily Democrat district. It's been in the control of Democrats for 90 years, folks. America is starting to wake up to conservative values, the values of the Tea Party, and you can get excited right now because this momentum is building. And I'll tell you more about that in a new book called Doc Holidays, Rock Splitting Politics. It's coming out in October, and I'll be telling you more about it. But just know we are making a difference as the Tea Partiers across America unite together to make sure the far-left progressives are pushed out of office wherever they are, get encouraged because I don't care how big a district you think you got full of liberals, there's conservatives out there willing to stand up and make a stand. Just like Rabbi uh, Wallerstein and, uh, and State Senator Ruben Diaz did, and they helped turn the victory for conservatives right there in the liberal district of New York. So thank you for all that uh, all you did, the Tea Partiers in that region. We are making a difference. The stamp of approval on the Tea Party is getting stronger because people are tired of the left-wing progressive who just time after time go after higher taxes and these insane social policies that are wrecking the families across America. Now, Doc Holliday's Tea Party, <laughs> we got to move on. We could speak all day on that. But you know, we did have a debate on September 12th on Monday night. And where was Doc Holliday during that debate? Well, I was on the front row. <laughs> if it was a 50-yard line, if it was a football field, I would have been sitting right smack on top of the 50-yard line on the front row. Now, how did I get that seat? Well, I won't tell you that because... Uh, I say, God gave me that seat. That's the only thing I can say. But uh, it wasn't first come, first serve. CNN had my name written on a piece of tape right there. And I don't know why or how, but I'm glad they did. I guess they'd heard about Doc Holliday coming to Tampa. But I did get to see the whole debate, the uh, pre-dinner uh, party we had with Tea Party Express. And we also had an after-debate party with some of the candidates came and so there's so much to tell you, there's no way I can get into all the debate uh, procedures and what I thought about it. But I will tell you this, as the Doc Holliday's Tombstone of the Week Award, it goes to an unknown person. I don't know who it is, but he's been making media splashes all across actually the world. Because when uh, Congressman Ron Paul was uh, asked a question by Wolf Blitzer about health insurance. And Wolf proceeded to do the liberal dance around the word. And then he, he, he looked right in the Congressman Paul and said, what happens if he has no insurance and he's in a coma? Do you just let him die? And somebody in the audience, some bonehead, had to call out, yes! <laughs> and maybe he's frustrated with the liberal question. That's what Ann Coulter said. It is some Fidey just got frustrated with the liberals asking these insane questions to make uh, conservatives look mean if they uh, say something that the liberals do not want to hear. But I, whatever the reason, whoever yelled yes 
when they said you want the young man just to die, it, it, it smeared the tea party, and it may have been a plant. It may have been a liberal planted there on purpose. I don't know, but I do know this. That person, whoever it is, gets the Doc Holliday's Tombstone of the Week award because that outburst uh, caused a lot of pain for the Tea Party. Now, uh, it was written up that the whole audience yelled yes for death. Now, that is so absolutely wrong. There was one person, one person, and I, it was behind me. I was on the front row. I don't know where it came from, who it was. And as far as I'm concerned, it's probably uh, an, uh, just some kind of spy from the liberals that were protesting outside. I don't know, not going to go into it, but I'm telling you, it was not the audience. It's one lone bonehead. Now, we got so much to get to. Can't, uh, can't tell you a lot about my thoughts on the debate. I think Michelle Bachman showed some backbone. She dug in her heels, and I tell you what, she could be the president of the United States. She would be uh, ten times better than what we have right now. You look at anybody on that stage, even though I don't think much of Governor Huntsman. I don't believe he's conservative enough. I don't believe in all his ideas. But I will say this. He would be nine times better than, uh, than our present occupant of the White House. And I think Newt Gingrich said it best when uh, he said he wasn't worried about Perry and Romney sparring over uh, Social Security. That didn't scare him near as much as every day what President Obama does in the White House. Now, that's scary. Day after day, what is going on with executive orders, mandates, regulations. He is killing this economy and the people he puts into power. It's absolutely insane. And you've heard us talk about it right here on Doc Holliday's Tea Party. And I won't get into the details now because this show's got to move on. And I'll tell you that I do believe... Uh, Rick Perry has got some edges. He's got to get rounded off and polished up if he wants to continue to mature as a candidate that can win the nomination. I do believe that uh, Governor Romney proved himself again to be he's uh, very, very patient and he's very intelligent. I don't know if he can win over all the Tea Party support. I don't know if he can win any Tea Party support. And and I'll say that about him. I'll, I'll have to say that Herman Cain disappointed me somewhat. He is there, but he's not getting traction, and he needs to mature into a candidate that tells me he could be president of the United States. He's not there, and if he doesn't start maturing into that candidate that is a top executive CEO businessman, he can tell me about his past. I've heard about it. I need to know the future. Where are you going to take us with a bold move, Herman Cain? So let's get with it. Now, uh, you know, uh, I love Rick Santorum's principles, but I'm sorry. I think it's time to ease on off the stage, uh, Senator Santorum. But he had a great comeback to Congressman Ron Paul's foreign policy when he started talking about 911 and why America's attacked. And I believe Congressman Ron Paul needs to uh, really explain some foreign policy. He stays on that, and he's scaring people that uh, America could not be strong with the policy that uh, Congressman Ron Paul would propose. And that's just the way I see it. And I think a lot of Tea Partiers see it that way. I know Ron Paul has a cult following. And I hope that cult following, if he doesn't win the nomination, which doesn't look likely, I hope they'll get out and support the nominee because we can't stand four more years of President Obama. So I'm telling now, you Ron Paul fans, there you bring a lot to the table, but if... If your man doesn't win, you have got to get out and get behind the nominee because we, we won't be around four more years if we have President Obama, I'm afraid.
now uh, <clears throat> that we need to go ahead and put off the stage is probably Governor Huntsman. I just, you know, he just didn't, he's not appealing to the uh, Tea Partiers, and the media is already even now because he, they know he can self-finance his president's run. You're going to look at more and more left-wing media trying to, trying to encourage somebody to run for a, as a third party. That's the only way they think they can get Obama back in. They have to split the vote of the conservatives. So watch out. We're going to hear more and more of that because they know. I, I wouldn't even doubt some rich liberals would finance somebody who didn't have the money to run as a third-party candidate, somebody who will run on their ego or pride. And so conservatives, Tea Party folks, make sure we don't fall in that trap because it's a trap to put the liberals in with Bill Clinton in 1992 with Ross Perot. And we just can't fall for that trap again because this country cannot hold, cannot tolerate four more years of the leftist, progressive, far-left actions that this administration is pushing down America's throat. Now I'm going to play a couple, uh, snippet from, I got exclusive for Doc Holliday's Tea Party from the debate. After the debate, uh, Michelle Bachman came down, she was talking, and there was a young man who asked a question during the debate and uh she was there i was there and and she anyway this is what she had to say and then we'll talk live or, or with uh with uh the young man himself so listen up okay we got on air tyler hensley and uh last uh last week he he was there at the debate, and he had to, he got to actually ask a question on worldwide live TV. And Tyler, what, what question did you ask? I asked, uh, out of every dollar that I earn, how much do you think that I deserve? And, uh, and I know Wolf Blitzer uh, gave that question to Governor Huntsman, and I believe, like you said, he, he responded. <laughs> but he didn't really answer that, and never did really answer your question, did he? No, not really. No. What do you think? Yeah. What do you think about the overall debate and uh, being able to be there and actually ask a question instead of watching these uh, political pundits ask questions? Well, I mean, it was really cool to be down here. First of all, like it was awesome. It was a blessing. And the debate, I thought it went really well. I think everyone was energized, pumped. It's not like the other boring debates, but it was like very interactive with the audience and everything. And I think. They're basically to be more like that so that people at home will stay more in tune to watching. Well, I, I think it was an awesome thing to do is get the Tea Party together and let them help ask questions. And I, I think there was uh, so much more out of, out of that debate because ordinary Americans from around the country were asking questions. And that, uh, like I know one common commentator said it, forced Wolf Blitzer to keep from going to the far left on his questions because it started out with a Tea Party question in most cases. Answer yeah, question. hopefully, I hope that they will all get a chance to answer because I feel like that's a question a lot of Americans feel like they need, they want to hear. You got it right, and that's why I'm glad you asked that question, Tyler. Thank you so much for being right, on Doc Holliday's no Tea problem. Party. Thank you. And before we get to our special guest, uh, former Congressman Bob Beaupre, let me just remind you, you are listening to Doc Holliday's Tea Party. You're listening to us on webtalkradio.net. I'm your host, Ed Holliday, and I'm so glad to have you. Like I said, I know we got some new listeners out there, so be sure to link this 
uh, show link to Doc Holiday's Tea Party when you're checking out your email when you're checking out uh, news uh, uh, just always uh, cl- uh, click on Doc Holiday's Tea Party and listen to each week's show got a new show loading up every Monday morning so be sure to listen to the show each week and tell your friends link to it and let's get the tea party movement not only growing but growing exponentially and be sure to go to my website www.teaparty.ms right there you can go to the website you can check out my book that is on sale right now nine dollars 99 cents for walk with me a patriot's guide from the boston tea party to today's tea party revolution and i'll be putting some updated news about when you can start pre-ordering my new book, Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics, The Tea Party versus the Status Quo. And don't forget to go to Where'sAmericasJobs.com. Click on that great website. Good friend of mine runs that, Where'sAmericasJobs.com. Now, all right, on the phone line, we have uh, former Congressman Bob Beaupre, who's also a current Buffalo rancher. So welcome to Doc Holliday's Tea Party, Bob. Good to be talking with you, Doc. I'm looking very much forward to our interview. Well, uh, one of the things I know is uh, we have an economy that's in, in the dumps, and I, I like to say it's a, I really believe we're in a depression. It's, and one of the depression, reasons we're in a depression is we have no leadership in Washington. Uh, what, what do you think about the president's job speech? Well, it was a whole lot more of the same. Uh, I, I don't know how in the world... Uh, anybody that's been a little bit objective observer of what's gone on the last two and a half years, Doc, with the you know, the stimulus, uh, cash for clunkers, the bailouts, uh, all of the uh, the legislation uh, and regulation that they've dumped on us that, that seems pretty obvious instead of fixing the economy and getting us going again has done just the opposite. Uh, you know, the president made with much fanfare about a month ago, said uh, as soon as he got done with his vacation, he'd come and give us yet another job speech. So, well, I guess trying to be an optimist, we we thought some of us thought maybe maybe he's turning over a new leaf, maybe he's had an epiphany, and he'll actually uh, actually give us something that makes sense. But what we got last night was more of the same. Uh, he wants to spend another about a half a trillion dollars. Uh, says it'll all be paid for, but interestingly enough, he didn't tell us where that was going to come from. I heard him uh, say that, and I was I was saying, okay, now when are you going to spell out how this is coming from? But he, he, well, it, 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 it's going to be, I'll, I'll tell you what it's going to be. It's okay. going to be the same deal as before. Uh, we'll spend it now, and we'll pay for it later. Um, and, and you know what we've, what we've already seen, Doc, is that uh, in, in other countries, including our own, have proved it before. This Keynesian nonsense of trying to spend yourself wealthy, it's never worked anywhere else. It didn't work here. And yet now they come back and say the reason it didn't work is we, we didn't spend enough. We got to spend some more. Well, some more government programs. And, and, and trust us, we'll pay for it later. Well, uh, what, he's, what he's trying to do is get us to, to I mean, you know, you know the old line, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me? Oh, yes. Well, uh, I mean, th- th- how many times does he think we're going to fall for this nonsense? Well, that's, that's um, my question to you. You know, we, we've, we've, it's been proven that first almost trillion dollar stimulus hasn't stimulated any, anything. Now, why would America well, I'll turn take exception with you, Doc. It stimulated okay. government. Oh, well, government, <laughs> government sure as heck grew and, and grew a bunch. Uh, under under uh, his supposed economic stimulus, that's the only thing that's grown. The federal payrolls way up, uh, 
Doc, just as an aside, quick, the number of regulators, regulators, that's people like at the IRS and the EPA and OSHA and the people that hold the hammer over our head uh, for just about everything we do, think, say, produce, try to sell, uh, number of regulators under Obama has increased 13%. There's now 281,000 regulators alone. Uh, and, and you know, pretty soon they keep going. There won't be any economy to regulate. Well, that's that's exactly one thing. I do stand corrected because you're right. Uh, the, it has stimulated government, and I know housing in around D.C. area has not been hurt very much because there's more and more jobs have uh, been put on the federal uh, payroll that uh, you and me and taxpayers across the country are having having to foot. You're absolutely right, and uh, you know I know we need some degree of government, but there's a difference between just just government for government's sake and good government. Uh, yeah. I don't think anybody's really talking about complete anarchy and no government. But, but for heaven's sakes, you know while we're talking about regulation, think about this: eighty-one thousand pages in the Federal Register. That's all the rules, regulations, laws that that again control our every move. Did anybody really think? The reason our economy is not getting moving again is because we don't have enough rules and regulations. And yet, just in 2010, one year alone, the Obama administration increased the size of those 81,000 pages by 18%, Doc. Mm. 18% in one year. And by their own admission, they've got another 4,200, 4,200 more rules and regulations are busy writing right now than we add to that total. Well, I'm glad you we got you on the show because I, I have not heard those statistics. Why, why isn't that put out on uh, CNN and NBC and their news? I've never heard those statistics there, Bob. Well, it, 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 it's, it's staggering, and, and it's, uh, it has been reported. I found it in Investor's Business Daily, which is a, a paper I trust quite a bit. Uh, and, and you're right, most people are unaware of the explosion. And, and Doc, the numbers I just gave you don't include the massive amount of new regulation that's going to be dumped on us because of Dodd-Frank, because of Obamacare, uh, because of the air regulations, in spite of what the President said the other day, uh, pulling back on ozone. There's a ton of new air regulations the EPA is still working on, including carbon. Um, and they want to control our every move, and this isn't accidental. This is on purpose. Uh, this is an administration that not only doesn't really understand how the real world works, they've actually got a considerable amount of animosity for the American dream, the American free market economy, uh, capitalism, however you want to define it, but that the thing we've always kind of held dear uh, that, that was the greatest of, of America. They don't believe that. Well, one of the, now you're talking about regulations, and I've heard uh, some of the farmers here in Mississippi where I am, and uh, they're scared to death of what uh, talking about regulating dust on on the ranches. Have even you run into even dust, that? you're right. I you know, that's where I spent most of my life. I grew up on a family dairy farm. I spent years and years there, and, and we got out of the dairy business in 1990, and I went and ran a, a small community bank and financed a lot of small business people, farmers included, but. You really develop an appreciation for how an economy works and all the different ways to, to skin a cat right. uh, there are to make a living uh, as a small business person. If you're you're sitting behind the desk in a little uh, little community bank as I was, and I went off to Congress and now I'm 
I'm back uh, on the land raising our buffalo. So I've been around business and around agriculture, especially most all my life. Part of the problem with this administration is that, that, that not only does, did the president never spend a day in the private sector with a real job trying to meet a payroll, but he, he didn't surround himself with anybody that did either. What they are is a bunch of, uh, a bunch of radical leftists who really don't like America. They're part of that blame America first crowd. And when he, he did say one, one honest, truthful thing, when he told us he wanted to transform America, mm. he wasn't kidding. He wasn't kidding. Now, you say, uh, when you say surround himself with radical leftists, and I know my listeners say, well, we agree with you, but I'm going to have to, I want to say, can you name some of them, some of the radical yeah. leftists? Yeah, ab- absolutely. Lisa Jackson at the EPA is, is, is absolutely one. Cass Sunstein, the uh, the regulation czar, is absolutely one. Stephen Chu, um, this is the guy at the, at the Department of Energy uh, who said we need to adopt policies to get our gas prices in line with Europe. Uh, unfortunately, they've had too much success in moving us just that direction. Right. Uh, and our gasoline prices are about double than what they were when Obama took office. Um, at uh, at the Department of Justice, I think one of the worst. Of, of a very bad administration is Eric Holder. Um, I mean, this, this is the guy who uh, had the most obvious, blatant violation of our civil rights, our Voting, voting Rights Act, um, in front of him with the new Black Panther case in, in, in uh, Pennsylvania, and he let those guys walk, barely slapped their hand. Um, I mean, it, it goes on. Now, now Eric Holder is, <laughs> listen to this. See if this okay. makes any sense at all to you or your listeners. You know how, how, how we, we kind of got into this banking crisis? It was with those, those bad mortgages, those right. subprime mortgages, mortgages right. that the government said must be made to people who, who lenders knew didn't really have the capacity to pay them back. But you got to make them anyway because they're low income and especially if they're minority. So we get, we get into this financial mess. Now, I guess what Eric Holder and the Department of Justice is doing, after we've learned that you'd think we would have learned our lesson, He's investigating 60 banks around the country and forcing them to sign agreements, uh, non-disclosed agreements, of course, private. Uh, we'll never know exactly what they say, but some of us leaked out. Agreements uh, to, to set aside millions of dollars to make loans to some of those same kinds of people so we can go do it again. Why don't we hear about these things, Bob? That's why I'm glad I've got you well, on the show. Why aren't we hearing about this? Well, I, I, the mainstream press simply won't touch it because they were complicit. Uh, I mean, this is maybe a little overly simplistic, Doc, but they were complicit, we all know this, in, in the election of this guy. Right, I, um, I agree. No, and, no hardball questions. I, I think that's a big piece of it is that uh, to a large degree, we hear it over and over again, but it's true, the, ma- the mainstream press is, is, is remarkably uh, homogenized and remarkably liberal, not just a little left to center. Many of them are pretty radically left to center. Hmm. So the story, some of these stories, some of these facts that I've been sharing with you simply don't catch their attention. Right. They, they, they simply don't catch their attention um, because they, uh, they don't think there's anything wrong with it. Well, Bob, there's so much more I want to ask you, but one thing, and we've talked about the Obama administration, and, and I think everybody in the Tea Party can agree that I hope we can... Get by that, and I hope in 2012 we get some new leadership. But 
where we are now, the state of uh, the economy, what do you see that can actually turn this economy around and get jobs? There's got to be hope for America. What do you see as hope for America? Well, in one word, it's certainty. And the worst thing that is keeping companies from growing again, uh, investing capital, taking a little risk, adding adding workers, is the enormous uncertainty. And I don't mean for the next uh, six months or a year. Uh, you know, you put together a business plan, and I put together a lot of them. You need to be able to see three, five, even ten years down the way. And when you've got an administration that talks about burying you in avalanches of regulation, about raising taxes on you, about making it much more difficult, and you see industries, a total industries, healthcare, the auto industry, uh, energy industry, I believe even the banking industry, all of those are in process of being nationalized, uh, taken over effectively by the government, uh, being told how they're going to operate, what they can charge, what they got to make. Uh, it, 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 that's nationalizing industries. I mean, who in their right mind wants to take a risk? And that's why you're seeing the uh, the, the economy languish like it has been. What what needs to be done? Uh, a couple things that could be done immediately is that right. in, in, uh, first a freeze, and then a, then a serious rollback on this avalanche of regulation. They ought to at least take uh, take the question off the table about new taxes affirm that they're not going to raise taxes. In fact, the, uh, the, the, the so-called Bush tax rates that we're all paying under now, they could do a good thing by, by, by going ahead and extending them. They're set to expire next year. Just, they just announced right today. We'll just extend them so you at least know what you're going to be paying into the future. Uh, we ought to cut the business tax rate. We've got the highest in the world by 10%. We ought to at least cut that down to 25% which would equal the second highest in the world, I'd be in favor of cutting it farther than that. And then we've got, we've got the, you know, to get capital moving, we ought to get capital home. Um, because uh, if capital earned abroad not only gets taxed in the country it's earned in, but if the company brings it home here, they pay 35 cents uh, on every dollar they've, they've earned abroad. Again, that's a big double taxation, so they leave it abroad. If we would, if we would provide a window of time where, well, they could, we call it repatriating, repatriating profits. Some say there's, there's maybe $2 trillion sitting abroad right. that's just waiting to come home. We could create an enormous amount of energy in the economy, which means jobs. Well, Bob, I mean, you hit it right on the head with what needs to be done, and uh, I hope we don't have to wait 14 months to get that done. we we got a lot of people hurting in America. And you hurting know that. very badly, Doc. you got 25 million that are either unemployed, underemployed, or thrown up their hands in, in frustration and completely walked away from the workforce. That that's 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 not America. Yeah, America's yeah. a nation of, of doers and people that know the dignity of work and we gotta get back to that place. Well, I'm hoping what you've shared with us will uh, help help us understand what path we need to go down. And as far as uh, uh in the last couple minutes here what what do you see is uh the Rep republican nomination anybody that excites you or you think that has or you think we anybody can if anybody can beat obama we would be in a better position well i think it, i think we're starting to coalesce i don't know that the, the deal is done yet but it looks like uh looks like we're getting close to a two-man race uh rick perry and and uh, and mitt romney both i think can make a, a solid case why they're a better choice than um, than than Barack Obama certainly, 
Um, but I don't know if the field is completely settled. You know, Sarah may still get in. Mm-hmm. Sarah Palin, obviously. There's talk of Chris Christie. Right. Um, I I think uh, I think any of of our field. I don't want to discount Michelle Bachman or Herman Cain or or, uh, or Newt Gingrich or Rick Santorum. I, I I know all of them uh, to some limited degree, some better than others. But I I think um, I, I think. On balance, if we could get somebody that really does have some degree of practical experience uh, wrestling with the big issue in front of us, the economy, mm-hmm. it is at least a straight shooter. Uh, and I think we will do that on the Republican side. I, I think we'll be well served. Um, I, I tell you, my number one priority, Doc, uh, uh, as my wife puts it, she says, ABO, anybody but Obama. Okay, and, ABO. And, uh, and I, think we gotta, I think we've got to all commit to that. Uh, four more years of this guy and this administration, unrestrained by any thought of a re-election campaign. Uh, a couple more shots, probably at Supreme Court nominations. I'm, I'm just terrified. I've been worried before, Doc. Now I'm terrified. Well, you join the whole person. the whole crew of the listeners of Doc Holliday's Tea Party, and hopefully we can get this country fired up and get out and really get some people to the polls next year. It's as necessary as it's been in a long, long while. This is a, this is an enormously big election in front of us, Doc. Well, uh, former Congress, Congressman Bob Beaupre, thank you so much for coming on Doc Holliday's Tea Party, and we appreciate your input and insight, and uh, uh, good luck to you and your endeavors in the future. Thank you very much. Let's talk again, Doc. I appreciate it. Let's do God it. God bless thank, you. Thank you, Bob. And that was former Congressman Bob Beaupre in Colorado. And, oh, so much more I want to talk about. And one of the nuggets from him is he is terrified. You heard that. Just like Newt Gingrich said, every day we are scared. Forget about what Perry and Romney are saying about Social Security. Every day we face terrible consequences coming out of the White House in this administration. Another nugget I got from Bob is he has sound conservative principles throughout the interview that we need to be listening to because all the regulations he's telling us about that's going on underneath the surface, the media's not reporting. We have got to get together and make sure there's a huge landslide landslide election for conservatives in 2012. More next week on the debate the live that I got to witness there on September 12th. So listen to us next week. We got another great show. Thank you for all you new listeners. God bless you. And I'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us today. And remember to listen again next week for another edition of Doc Holliday's Tea Party. You can order Ed's book, Walk With Me, A Patriot's Guide from the Boston Tea Party to Today's Tea Party Revolution by clicking on the book cover right in front of you on the screen. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. Thank you.